Welcome to the Misfit Messengers podcast, hosted by Jenny Moffitt and Amanda Hoshite. Welcome to uh, the Misfit Messengers podcast. This is episode 13. You know, Amanda, when we get to a certain point, I'm going to probably not remember the numbers. Like, at some point. Well, maybe. Episode something. Unless, of course, if we start recording these ever, at, at all out of order, that will, would cause some challenges. I wouldn't be able to say, welcome to episode whatever, because I wouldn't necessarily know what order I'd, I'd rele- we'd release them in. But I am 100% relying on you to tell me what episode we're on now. So. <laughs> so we don't have to worry about that, because I'll just make sure that we... We get where we're going. There you go. Well, here we are. Uh, man, this has been been a little bit of a, of a challenge to get to this moment in time. And and uh, we did have a guest planned for today, but something came up in their world. And so uh, we are just here uh, by ourselves. But we'll navigate through and, and planning uh, to reschedule with them on a later date. And so, you know, life happens, right? Life gets busy and things come up and situations occur that you weren't expecting and couldn't plan for. Um, and that's why it's so important to just be able to, I hate to say it, but roll with the punches and play by ear. So that works out. (laughs) (laughs) And we'll get them back anyway. Yeah. They had a family thing and uh, that always takes priority. So no worries. So I, so as we were were talking a little bit before we recorded, this is what we do, just touch and base. And we decided both of us have kind of hectic lives right now, but I have rediscovered in my devotional time. um, And to say rediscovered is a little bit overstated. I, this book that I'm about to, to share with you all kind of floats through every several years or so. Uh, because it's just that good. And so this is probably the third or fourth time I've read through it. And I decided now is the time to read through it again. And so it's called Kept for the Master's Use. And it's written by Frances Havergal. I might be pronouncing her name wrong. I, I'm i not an expert in pronouncing names. But she is a, a hymn writer from the 1800s. She actually uh, somewhere, something like 1836 to 1879, I believe, if I if I remember from the Himmery.org uh, <laughs> webpage. But as I was, I I don't remember. I have no recollection where I got this book. But this book is her kind of thoughts behind the hymn, "Take my life and let it be consecrated, Lord, to Thee." And I don't, I don't know if you know, but that was my wedding hymn. Really? Yeah. <laughs> So I have a really strong connection to that song. That's awesome. I'm totally going to get you a copy of this book then. Yep. It is It is so good. It is just brilliant. And we, I've read some to Amanda before we started and she's like, yeah, I think this week we could cover, we could cover this material today, but think about this hymn was written back in the 1800s um, by a woman, which is its own set of kind of coolness because that wasn't always the case back in, uh, in the, in the day. Um, and she, each chapter covers a couplet from the hymn. So, for example, chapter two is the is the couplet, keep my moments and my days, let them flow in ceaseless praise, which just thinking about the the poetry of it and the and when you say it, you almost have to say it in that meter. Right. 
like keep my moments and my days let them flow in ceaseless praise like it it's got a rhythm to it already so so the fact that so some of these hymns um were really just poetry that were later then placed to music or poetry that she wrote with certain melodies in mind and if you know anything about poetry and hymn writing and meter and all of those things which i am not remotely an expert in um but the beauty of just those rhythms of language is so cool. And the fact that like I wrote a lot of, poly- you know, when you're in high school and maybe this wasn't your, the case for you, Amanda, but when I was in high school, I wrote a lot of like angsty teenage poetry oh, stuff. I actually just recently found my book, which <laughs> I made entirely out of duct tape just, just for the extra level. Why does that not shock me in the least? So, yes, I, yep. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, I have told me it was weird. What's in a weird place? Well, <laughs> teenage years, yes. Anyway, so I wrote most of my poetry was not metered, right? It was, it was what they called free verse. And so it's, it's not easily, you know, made into songs, right? Because it doesn't, there's no flow to it, but this was definitely, there's a flow to it. Anyway, I'm not, not going to bore you with English literature, but I just think it's awesome that, you know, somebody takes the time. I think back to my, my Latin and Greek classes and you have the, you know, Homer's Odyssey or Virgil's Aeneid, and those are in meter. You have t- like mm-hmm. in uh, Homer's Odyssey, book eight, line one is ton dapome posupe palame to seduceus. Like you could just hear doom, do, do, doom, do, do, doom, do, do, doom. And it actually makes it easier to pronounce the Greek because you have that doom, do, 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 you know, or um, uh, Virgil's Aeneid, arma virumque conotroi cri primus aboris. Again, that up and down sort of thing. Anyway, I'm not trying to impress anybody. I was just presenting. It's okay. I'm impressed already. Don't worry. <laughs> the things that I still remember from college. All right. So. Back to this book. That is an amazing book. I use it for devotions. Uh, again, read through it several times. But in this uh, in this chapter, it says, it talks about keeping my moments. And one of the things it says is when we take a wide sweep. So thinking about life, taking a wide sweep of life. If we take a wide sweep, we are so apt to be vague. When we are aiming at generalities, we do not hit the practicalities. We forget that faithfulness to principle is only proved by faithfulness in detail. Has not this vagueness had something to do with the constant ineffectiveness of our feeble desire that our time should be devoted to God? Okay, so here's the reality, friends. We don't speak like that in 21st century America, right? And so for some of you guys, that might have been like, I don't know what she just said, or I picked out certain things of what she said. And that's okay. I read a lot of older books. And so this type of language, just, I love it. I think it's great. But what she's talking about here is if we think about our moments as entire swaths of time, like a whole year or a whole month, we'll, we'll be very vague with how we interact with God. Oh, like, for example, if we, if we take New Year's, and say on January 1st, oh, Lord, this year is going to be a year all about you. Well, that's fine. But the year, it's too it's too large a time frame. And our worlds, 
and our brain can't wrap ourselves around each individual moment in that year to make it actually about God. Does that make sense? Well, and then when we fail on day one, which we will, then the whole year is shot. We say, I, I already lost. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this concept kind of reminds me of one that I do for cleaning. Okay. So just stick with me. Okay. I, I, as I've said before, am a lazy person. I do not like, well, I like to do the things I like to do, but when it comes to housework, that is not one of those, one of those things. So I can look at a whole room and say, I'm going to clean this whole room today, right? I'm not, I already know it. I already know what going in. That's not going to happen, right? But if I can break my day into small things, you know what, by 10 o'clock, I would have, I would like to have made my bed. By, you know, by maybe two o'clock, it'd be cool if the dresser got done, you know, but no pressure, right? <laughs> right. These are little goals. And then, but I find at 10 o'clock when I make my bed and it doesn't take me near as long as my brain told me that it was going to, I can say, oh, you know, let me pick up these pieces of clothes that were on the floor while I'm already in momentum, right? Because things in action tend to stay in action and things at rest tend to stay at rest. And you can break it down into smaller more achievable things, um, you actually are more productive. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't go just for cleaning my room and everyone's going to think, oh my gosh, it takes you all day to clean your room. Yes, it does. But <laughs> sometimes <laughs> not always. Just, that's sometimes. just the reality. Um, but when I, but I'm not beating myself up if by it's now 10 and I realize I didn't start on my room that my, you know, that I feel like a, you know, piece of burnt toast or whatever you feel like after those things. <laughs> but, but the same thing goes for principles. I can say, you know what, I'm not, I'm not going to probably be able to say, I'm going to pray an hour every day. Mm -hmm. I'm not, I'm not going to do it. Maybe a, maybe a day. Sure. But an everyday thing that's not going to happen, but I can say, you know what, after I drop off my toddler from daycare, it's about a four minute drive to the office. Mm -hmm. I can pray then. Yeah. Right. And so I can say, at least I know that I'm going to get four minutes. Mm -hmm. And I can, and that's something, you know, and I'm, I'm making a plan and sticking to it. And sometimes a phone call might happen in that time and I can't, but it's not the end of the world. Right. Because mm -hmm. I'm, I haven't built up this whole thing. I mean, I'm, I'm giving my moments to God and moments equal in today's right. Yep. Easily. Because I don't think, much like any of us, we don't like to, you know, in relationships, we don't like to feel like someone else's burden. Mm -hmm. You know, I would hate it in our friendship, Jenny, if, and when I called, you think, oh, I guess I have to talk to her because we do this podcast, even though I don't feel like it. Um, I'm, that conversation is probably not going to be beneficial, right? Correct. <laughs> we don't, and I don't think God wants, really likes it when we approach him like that either. Well, right. I guess I better talk to God now because that's what good Christians do. It's not going to be a very beneficial con conversation because you don't want to be there. Right. Absolutely. Yep. Well, that's, that's the idea. If we, if we're all about principles, like these overarching things, there's nothing inherently wrong with that. But if we're going to say to God, you have my time, you have every moment. Well, that only works if, if you work in moments. And I, I love your analogy of cleaning because I think of, so we're getting new carpet in our building uh, next week. It, we, this has been on the agenda for months. 
Um, we've been working through a number of issues and challenges that have, have crept up in the middle of trying to get new carpet for the building, but it's finally happening. You know, we, we felt like for a while there that it was never going to happen because there's one thing after another thing, but it's finally happening next week. So we're packing up offices to move everything because literally every square inch of carpet currently in the building is being replaced and new. And it's going to be awesome. It's going to look, it's going to transform kind of the look of our building, but it requires each of us. And I'm by far the, the last one. I, I think everybody else has got their offices already like packed up and ready to, to move out when those guys come. And I'm not like you can see, cause you're on video. Like my desk is not remotely ready to be moved out of here to get carpet in my, my office. But <laughs> If I take it as moments, instead of this whole big task, oh, I can never get it done. It's just too much. But I can say, okay, by today, I need my entire desk cleaned up and packed up. And then I can move to my uh, cupboard. And then I can move to the stuff behind the door. And then I can move to the, and actually we've already started because we got, we got the bookshelves all packed up. So it's, again, those things that if you, if you work instead of seeing them in the broad, big scope of, I can't do this, but look in them as individual tasks, that's just like anything we do in life, right? We think of goal setting. You do the same thing, right? My goal is to lose a hundred pounds is not going to be a goal that very many people can just like on a whim say and, and complete. You have to make tasks to, to plan that out and to purposefully, you know, work towards baby steps towards that goal and, and baby steps help you too to not get discouraged when everything doesn't go exactly as planned because baby steps means that the fall is probably much less, you know, harsh than if you were to take, try to take giant leaps. Hmm. I don't know why this just reminded me of this documentary I watched on Amazon workers. Oh. I don't know if you've seen the same thing. I'm getting oh. into documentaries lately because I don't know. I'm just getting, I don't know. I'm just in a season of documentaries. So. Yeah. Um, and I'm watching this one on document, the, the rise in suicide of people who work in Amazon warehouses. Oh my gosh. Which makes me feel bad if I ever <laughs> buy things on Amazon. But um, what they were kind of realizing one, it's uh there's really no windows. It's all industrial. Um, and that, so when people often work, you know, three days on three days off, so you might work 16 hours a day. So you don't see the sun and that, how that affects your psyche. But they said, really the big thing now I've never worked at Amazon, so I can't correlate this. This just was on this, um, this documentary I watched. Um, there's a big, um, like quota. There's like this big red sign in front of you. And as the orders are coming in, they're appearing, beep, 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 right? And you have a certain number of time, but it's like this gigantic warehouse, if you can imagine. And like one order might be a 70-inch plasma TV and another one is bunny slippers. And you have to, in the same amount of time, go and get those where they're supposed to go. And the keeps piling. And if you get, I think, I think it said like eight or 10, then this big alarm thing will start flashing that you're behind. And like <laughs> that amount of like, intensity all the time um i mean kudos to, to you if you work at amazon because holy cow 
but we we do that to ourselves spiritually. And God's like, why did I invent the Sabbath? We, we talked about <laughs> back to Sabbath from last week, but he's saying, I didn't make you four checklists right. to spend time with me. Um, I was doing my family devotions last night and we were um, reading in Proverbs. Oh, I don't have it in front of me. Proverbs, but it is a first person account of, um, well, I just said it, it's essentially Jesus in the Old Testament, but saying I was there at creation. I was there and I, and I delighted, I delighted in, in, in creation when I saw it being created at the beginning, essentially also like John 1, 1, right in the beginning was the word and I was the word. But I said that word delight also can be translated as frolic. And so I just get this picture of creation is happening and Jesus and the Holy Spirit and like are just frolicking as the meadows are being created. It actually reminds me of this old, old Disney cartoon from like way back in the day about spring. And it had these like nymphs with paintbrushes and they were just like, la, 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 like creating. And that's the image I'm having of, of creation happening because, you know, I'm a product of Disney, but, but, but. When I think about that, I was thinking about we have turned life into such a series of tasks, which it can be because of the fall. But God really created it for delighting in, for frolicking, yeah. for being with him isn't a burden, right? It's a delight. But sometimes in our in our desire to do good, we we end up doing it. It and ourselves and the gospel itself a disservice. Yeah. Definitely. Frolicking. Oh goodness. I'm gonna have that picture in my head like yes. all day now. Do it. All day. <laughs> and and try not to smile when you think about it. Because you can. Right? <laughs> I will tell you what, a genuine smile, uh, on your own face or on the face of a stranger has such an impact on life. And uh, it's interesting, uh, again, didn't plan this, but thinking about just a smile um, in this book, she writes, uh, it is, it's not so often that a whole sermon, okay, I'm going to paraphrase this instead of reading it verbatim, verbatim because it's older English and it's cumbersome, but her, her concept here is it's not usually the whole sermon that gets you. It's like one or two points or a sentence in the sermon that strikes mm -hmm. you or it's not, it's not something that in a whole conversation, something that's not the whole conversation. It's one thing in this, in the conversation, or she said it could even be less than that. Just a look, right? What is more momentary than just a look, right? But then God can use those looks or that, that thought or that part of the sermon or that part of the conversation to bring down strongholds, to touch people mm -hmm. for him. And a smile can do that. Um, it's amazing how like grumpy I'll be. And I will like look at something like a squirrel frolicking outside my window and I'll smile because here's this squirrel who has no, I mean, I want to say no care in the world because they do have cares in the world. They're especially this time of year, they're going to start piling up and getting prepped for winter and things like that. But they look as though they have not a care in the world, just scampering around, scurrying to their business, 
they look like they're having the best time in the world, right? It is hard not to smile at a frolicking squirrel, right? Squirrels play tag. Did you know that? I believe it. I believe that that's what they're doing when they run around and chase each other. Makes perfect sense. But those are the things, right? That it can change that moment, right? Of looking at a frolicking squirrel, changing your grumpy grumpy frown to a to a smile that moment can change the rest of the project trajectory of the day mm. that's why those moments when she says keep thy, my moments and my days let them flow in ceaseless praise is so important that we don't not take advantage of a moment right mm -hmm. um in this uh she also describes this idea of uh, a diamond and how a diamond will uh, receive light and transmit light and reflect and refract light. And it's so glorious. You think of a, of a diamond sitting in someone's hand, but we often as children, uh, ch childlike in our behavior with grubby, dirty hands, we'll hold onto that diamond in a fist because we don't want to lose the diamond, but in holding it in our fist, we've shut out its light. And so the beauty of it, the, re the light and the reflection and the grandeur of that diamond is lost because we've held it so tight in our grubby little hand, not wanting to lose it. Whereas mm -hmm. God is saying, no, let the world see it. Like open up your hand. As we talked about, was it last week or two weeks ago about being open-handed with God? Like God gives us these things, these moments, these gifts not to grab onto them and hold clutching them to our chest so tightly because we don't want to lose them because in so doing we will lose them. Mm. But instead to say with open hands, I receive it, but then I, I give it out. I receive it, but Lord, this is your moment. It's, it's actually a, a beautiful um, visual, but then she, she also writes, and I love this. She finishes up her chapter and says this, is it a little too much for all of my moments to flow in ceaseless praise? And so she says, well, where are you going to stop? What portion of your moments do you think are enough for Jesus? Mm. And then she gets a little, she gets a little grumpy. She says, uh, how many for the spirit of praise and how many, how many for the spirit of heaviness? Uh, be explicit, come to an understanding. If not all, then how much? calculate balance a portion if if you're if we're going to heaven we're not gonna be able to do this it's all praise to god right mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. fine if you want to give half of your moments to god that's up to you she goes is jesus only worth half your moments well i think about what that sanctification right yeah that process of that's a you know big fancy church word but the process of um, giving our moments to God. Mm -hmm. um, and, and it happens. I, so I had breakfast this morning uh, with a mentor of mine and we were talking about some of the people in our, in our church um, and kind of their journey over the last four years and saying, you know, they, they were saying, wow, this person is like a totally different person from the last time we met them. And I'm like, yeah, but I am too close. Yeah. Right. I'm too close to them to, so it's gradual. Mm -hmm. 
but then they come in only in spurts and see, wow, they've come from here to there. Um, but I might be thinking, yeah, but they can still go there. <laughs> or right. I do that to my, or I do it to myself where I'm thinking, am I even growing? Am I, mm -hmm. you know, the things I want to do, I don't do. And the things I don't want to do, I end up doing. Um, and I can feel all, you know, bad about myself, um, which sometimes that's relevant and you should so that it propels you to growth, but saying, yeah, but the fact, and I think you pointed this out when I called you about feeling bad about myself and you said, but that's the point of holiness. Like, you know, right. Like you, you now before you were ignorant of it and it didn't bother you, but now that you're bothered, that's pointing to holiness, right? you know, <laughs> and and that's, I think those little things of that moment now, um, hopefully I don't fall back, you know, into a habit like that, you know, but because it's solidified, like, oh, I have grown past this and I, and I don't, I don't need to be there anymore because I'm past it. God has, I've, that moment has been given to him mm -hmm. and it's flaws and it's mess. Um, and just like with my, with my little, with my little kids, they bring me all, well, my, not my older kids, they are starting to not care about me anymore because they're <laughs> that age, but my oldest, my youngest one, I mean, he still gives me, brings me treasures. Um, and they're often half of a worm or a cool rock or some stick that he found, or, you know, you right now it's Lego bodies without heads. Oh, um, we get a lot of those. And you know what? I store them up as his treasure because to him, they are. Yeah. Right. And I think I, that's how I kind of sometimes how I imagine for God, all these worries or fears or dreams or whatever. Yeah. He is storing them. Right. Because that's what relationship is. Yeah. And I don't know. It's kind of fun to think about him frolicking with my muddy treasures in his hands. I don't know. That's just my, that's where I'm at. That's where I'm at today. That's fair. I get it. You're this word frolicking is just <laughs> <laughs> causing me all sorts of I can't, I can't even. <laughs> well, cause just just before we recorded, I don't know, earlier this morning, I am we I have a window in my office. And outside this little, it was, it almost looked like a baby squirrel. I'm like, oh my gosh, it's not bigger than this. It's already the end of August. But was was frolicking around the uh, the base of our canteen and i was like part of me was i was torn between all oh, that's cute and oh i hope that squirrel doesn't get in there and chew out stuff right because that would also be problematic but anyway yep. frolicking frolicking squirrels i i think it's adorable that your son still gives you treasures because my my dog does not um I, other dogs do i know friends of mine who have dogs that will bring treasures to them. They're not treasures, just like cats will bring treasures. You don't want those either, but, but, uh, but no, I think it's, it's so important for us to just reflect on our moments uh -huh. because yeah, if we try to say, I'm going to give this day to God, or I'm going to give this year to God, or I'm going to, I'm going to do this broad stroke thing. It just, because so often it's too grandiose or we, we can't capture it because it's just too big. But if we focus on right this second, okay, I can stop right now. I have some time. I'm going to stop and pray right now. I'm going to give this, this moment 
right now, this moment to God. And, and if we start that habit of stopping. So one of the things I challenged when I was, I was a small group leader uh, way back at a church. And uh, one day we were, we were going through our Bible study and I challenged people because somebody else had challenged me. So it's passing along the challenge. Whenever I saw the clock as a like 555 or 222 or 1212, if I saw a digital clock and it had those same digits, I would stop and pray, even if it was just Lord, thanks for today or whatever. But, but that would be the trigger. Like when I see that I will do this. And because it's a little thing, it's a tiny little thing. It was easy to do. Right. And I still, to this day, Amanda, you probably didn't know this about me. Whenever I, if I see the clock at a certain 222, 333, 444, I will, it will usually be a, a, what I call an arrow prayer, like a very a shot up, you know, just, Thanks for today. Or, or if I was thinking about something specific, Lord, give me, you know, guidance for this task or, or if I had a certain person on my mind, Lord bless that person or heal that person or whatever the thing was short, sweet and to the point, not over grandiose words, but it would trigger. I'm going to pray right then and there, whenever I saw a clock have the, and so uh, they came back like several weeks later and one of the, one of the people worked retail at a, at a convenience store. And so she did that every time the register was $2 and 22 cents or $6 and 60, you know? So, so every time it was all the same numbers at the cash register, she would do it. I said, that's awesome. That probably happens more than, than you see the clock do it. Right. Um, because you're never going to see seven seventy seven, right. Or eight eighty eight. You just, but you can on a cash register. And so it was just one of those things that, again, in a moment, mm-hmm. that moment is now God's because I stopped and I gave him that moment. Mm-hmm. And is it silly? Sure, maybe. But it's not silly when we're praying for a friend or praying about a situation or just saying thanks because we get into that habit and we'll do it more frequently. That's where mm-hmm. she's, she's talking about. That's why we have to be in the practicalities. We have to be in the details because if we're not in the details, then we can't give them our moments. Yeah. We, we can't give them a moment if we can't, or we can't give them a day if we, if we can't give them a moment. Right. Um, and I like the, I like the term verse in that term. It says ceaseless praise. Mm. Um, and I think, I think about that less than non-stopping and more like seamless like without strife, like second nature. Yeah. That's instead good. of, mm-hmm. instead of that kind of, um, you know, and then that whole song goes into all the ways I do that, right. With my hands, with my feet, with my, um, with my Silver mouth, gold. Yep. with my, with my treasures. And the great thing know. is she's got a chapter for every one of those. Yeah. I can't <laughs> wait. That's yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to get you the book. It's fine. It's yep. lots of copies on Amazon, but <laughs> <laughs> as long as it doesn't stress out a poor worker. True. I, I could get it on a different place, <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, 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 it's so, so important. Another thing that she says um, that I, I just, I love, and I'm going to read this one and we're going to, then I'll talk about it. Cause it's a little old English, but 
So are they, are these moments not the joints and the harness through which the darts of temptation pierce, pierce us? Only give us time, we think, and we should not be overcome. Only give us time and we could pray and resist and the devil would flee from us. So the idea here is, well, if we just had more time, we could pray against the devil and he would, if we only had more time, we could resist these temptations. But she says, but he, the devil comes all in a moment and in a moment, an unkempt and unguarded one, we utter a hasty or exaggerated word or yeah. think an unchristlike thought or yeah. feel an unchristlike impatience or resentment. If we always think that, well, if I just had more time, the fact is we have time. We just think of time, I think, sometimes in an unhelpful way. Because in the, in the midst of a moment, in the midst of a, of a heated conversation, in the midst of a, of a difficult circumstance, we have time, if we're in the habit of doing so, to step back. Sometimes you have to physically step back, take a deep breath, and take a moment. Mm-hmm. And by taking the moment... A lot of times, not every time, right? There are times when you need to take more than one moment, right? You can stop yourself from saying the wrong thing, or at least saying a really, really wrong thing, right? And it might not be the best thing, but it might be a better thing, right? Yeah, I think our culture and ourselves and our thoughts could definitely use more slow. Yeah. Like, it's not a bad word <laughs> to take your time. Yeah. Because I find myself rushing in to stuff a lot. And I am grateful to be married to my husband, who is a much more calm and um, contemplative thinker, where I tend to just boom, 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 rush, rush, rush from thing to thing to thing to thing, um, that I barely even let something you know, cool before I'm moving on to the next thing. Right. Um, but he really takes his time and it, and it helps me to slow down on things and then to see them and say, God, God will work it out. Just wait. I'm like, but I'm not a waiter. I don't, I don't, I don't do it. I don't do it well. Right. And you know what? He's always right every time. But that's why he's holier than me. That's what, that's what, that's what they said in seminary and they're probably right. Uh, who knows uh, y'all are working on your things right we to compare is is unhelpful that's true as i don't think holiness is a measuring stick that's universal in the sense that it, it's universal in the sense that jesus is the measuring stick but since none of us measure up to him how we don't measure up to him doesn't matter right because none of us measure up to him so your measuring up and my measuring up are going to look different. Your measuring up and Brian's measuring up are going to look different. But since neither one of them fully emulate Christ in his perfection, in our holiness, outside of the blood of Jesus making us holy, right? Wow, we could get into a really heady theological conversation right now with, with what the blood of Christ does. And I think there's a time and a place for that. I don't know if 
uh, 30 minutes into this podcast. This time today would be the time, but give or take. But yeah, you're right. We're all we're all just sanctified by his blood. And if we can if we can manage one moment to give to him, then we can manage two. And then we can manage three. But again, just like that cleaning scenario, if you're looking at the whole encompassing my whole life, I give my whole life to you, you know, at age seven at camp or whatever. Great. You know, but that doesn't does that mean you're never going to struggle? And then if you do struggle, that it was all for naught. Like, of course not, because God doesn't work that way. We're not we're not little production machines for him, for the kingdom. God can and will do what he is going to do. The difference is he's inviting us to do it with him. And we can choose to join that party. Now you're never going to be disappointed if you join him in in the moment and in a moment and you join God with what he's doing, you will never be disappointed. But if you, for some reason didn't, that doesn't mean that you're never going to be invited again. Right. And there's some like, I I can breathe. I can breathe in that Mm -hmm. to know that God is constant and he's going to continue frolicking in the mountains of the world and whatever. Um, And I can, and he can, is continually inviting people to do it, Mm -hmm. but it's only for our good and our benefit. It's not because we're going to somehow fail the world if we fail him in a moment. Right. Because thank goodness the world does not rest on our shoulders. Correct. That rests on our shoulders, our family, our marriage, our work, our animals, whatever. Nothing rests totally on our shoulders. Mm, amen. And uh, and it's it's freeing in that. That's why we can have um, Sabbath, and that's why we can have rest, and that's why we can be still and know that He's God, because it's true, He is. Mm-hmm. And he is the sustainer of all things. He is just wanting to delight in us while we, he delights in his creation. Amen. That's, that's a party I want to go to. Amen. Such good stuff. I have nothing to follow up with that, except that <laughs> there's a, there's another squirrel fr- frolicking outside my window. So it's distracted. It's okay. <laughs> that's why I go to the basement. So I, yeah, so you don't have. I'm at my office. I'm not always at my office. Usually, I'm. Although at at, at home, I have. I'm also staring out a window. So sometimes the birds are distracting. But but you're right. We it, the world is not our. We're not Atlas with the world <laughs> on our shoulders, trying to hold everything together. And sometimes we do feel like that, and we need to give it over to the lord and I, and it's so hard right we we like to hold on to things like i want control uh there's a a mentor of mine in the past and if she ever listens to this she'll know it's from her but she said i'm not a control freak i'm a control enthusiast and <laughs> and that's fine and dandy but the the fact of the matter is that we find more freedom by letting go than by holding on and it's not easy but it gets easier mm. again by those moments by those individual activities by those i gave this up and it and it worked and it was fine and god ha- handled it and he took care of it and i was safe and all was well 
since I gave that up, I can do this. I can give this up. I can lay this at the foot of the cross and not pick it back up again and trust that God has got this. Yeah. Good stuff. Good stuff. I think we'll call, call that a day. I think, uh, you know, keep my moments and my days, let them flow in ceaseless praise is a fabulous way to call it a day, huh? I agree. And I won't subject anybody to my singing of that song. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's such a beautiful song. And if you've never heard it before, um, it's called Take My Life and Let It Be. And I will tell you that there are versions out there like by Chris Tomlin, which is fine. He adds a, a chorus to it. But find the original hymn, Take My Life and Let It Be. And read through those couplets and ponder on what does it mean for each of those couplets? Like if I say, take my life, Lord, let it be consecrated Lord to thee. I put the Lord in the wrong couplet, the wrong line. Uh, what does that mean? What does that look like for you? And, and for the next one, take my moments and my days, let them flow in ceaseless praise. What would that look like? And it keeps going. Take my hands, take my feet, take my words, take my, all of the things about life, take my silver and my gold. What would it look like if God had those things of yours in every moment, right? The reason she starts with, she starts with life, then goes to moments because our life is about moments. And then in those moments, we can talk about our hands and feet and words and gold and silver. Um, because we're giving our moments, our time, but not our time in a big uh, cloud, like, huge atmospheric sort of way, but our time in our, in our moments. That could be a sermon. I think I did do that as a sermon once, actually. I think I've taken this song and, uh, and taken each couplet as a sermon, did a series on it. I think I remember that a couple of years ago. I don't, <laughs> the, the thing with my, my sermons is I, I tend to, like you do with our podcasts, I tend to <laughs> preach them and then never look at them again, never, yeah. never again. Um, no, there's something to be said for, you know, letting God speak to you in a moment. And I think I've probably repeated sermons here in Manitowoc, uh, unintentionally, just as the Lord is speaking again and, and giving me something that he had given me before um, that needs to be spoken again, probably usually to myself long before anybody else. Um, but, but important. So anyway, friends, that's all I got today. Amanda, you got anything else? Um, no, just try today to find even one moment and um, just see where that takes you. Yep. And maybe you find that at one eleven or 222, you can uh, take that moment and, and pray a prayer or however, whatever it needs to be to start that habit of taking your moments. Cause it, it is, does take some, does take some effort, does take some work to get that habit formed, but how wonderful it is to, to give our moments to God mm-hmm. and he is deserving of everyone. So if we hold them back, let's not do so intentionally. Anyway, guys, we uh, love having you here. Hope that you're enjoying it. If you have any comments, uh, questions, anything like that, uh, please send them our way. Um, Hey, and if you enjoy it, uh, we do like to hear that you have 
uh, have enjoyed some podcasts and why that is just because it encourages us to keep doing this and um, just gives us some guidance as to, as to where we should go or what we should focus on. Um, not that we don't enjoy conversing with one another and we could probably do this without recording, but we like to record to let you along for the ride. So anyway, uh, until next time, God blesses us. Why? So we can be a blessing to others and we'll see you next week. Bye.